0: Sometimes what I'll ask people to give the requirements that it takes to be with them as a friend or and or romantic interest, because I believe that that's what creates values, choices and non-negotiables. And I think that you both through this situation, you could be resentful, you could be bitter, you could be angry. Uh, However, uh, what tell us some of the things that Pushed you through to the other side. We have a we have a saying, and I'm, I'm in long term recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. I'm in a 12 step world, and there's a Pollyannish type of statement that says God doesn't close one door without opening in another, but it can be hell in the hallway. Uh, so life is a lot about dealing in the in the hallway. Did you feel like you were in the hallway, Amanda?
1: Um, at the, when. September of 2020. Absolutely. Um, August is when I started to get sick. And it just was all the stress made me physically ill. Um, And when it began that I couldn't, I, I was calling off almost every single day. And the doctors couldn't tell me what was wrong with me. And I basically forced myself to take the leave of absence, but that the month of August was probably the hallway. Definitely.
0: And it's easy to deal with the diamond days. The stone days are the days where we use our skills and we deal with that. That's what defines us. How about uh, you, Ronnie? I would probably suspect you had a long extended stay in the hallway.
2: I'm still in the hallway. (laughs) Um, It started the end of August of last year, and then I got COVID in October, which put me in the hospital and almost killed me, so that was fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, it just was one shit show after another. I swear a lot, guys. I'm sorry. Um, And yeah, I just never got out, and the only thing that kept me going was friends and the idea of booking a vacation to florida is the only thing that kept me going and just to give myself something to focus on and to get to that point and know that there is that light at the end of the tunnel there's something i have something to look forward to and that was a vacation i really needed so well it was really nice. did
0: it help you both to figure out what's important in life dealing with all this adversity all these nasty entitled human beings
2: Absolutely. Uh I'm not gonna say I hate humanity, but it's uh own about eighty five percent of hating humanity at this point.
0: Well Ronnie, could you tell us some of the good people that you dealt with? Could you tell us some of the people who thanked you who said, Man, you're at you you have a tough job. I'm glad you're here.
2: Uh nobody.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately.
0: Okay. How about you, Amanda?
1: Um like customer wise, I had a few, um, I I had a few that were like, I had a gentleman who was, uh, he, he was older in age and he had failing memory. Um, so you had to stay and repeat yourself a few times with him for like a good hour. I was with him. Um, and at the end he was very appreciative that I was even there. And all I did was answer like four questions. But he come to find out, like, throughout the conversation, he was at a nursing home and didn't have anybody to talk to. So there were moments like that where customers could be like, thank goodness you're at least around for me to talk to. Mm -hmm. And I did remind, like, my coworkers of that. I'm like, guys, like, I'm getting calls from nursing homes and these people don't have anybody to talk to. Like, and this is it. Like, we're it. Like, so yeah, we may answer a question that's silly and stupid and we could roll our eyes about it and be like, come like, this is what I'm getting paid for to do. But yet that person didn't talk to anybody all day. Okay. So there were instances like that where customers were appreciative.
0: Were you able to take your work hat off when you left Amanda?
1: Uh, Yes, we, um, yes. And then when I near the end when i got sick was when i uh, officially started to check out there were full days i didn't pick up a piece of technology i read books and i um went for hikes by myself i went camping by myself i didn't associate with any uh, another human being for sometimes days okay
0: so ronnie uh Were you able to take your hat off when you left work and leave it there?
2: Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, When I clocked out, that was it. I didn't socialize with anybody from work outside of work. I still don't. Um, You know, I'm easy to deal with with my coworkers when I see them. Uh, A lot of them I consider work friends, not outside friends. Right. But we keep each other entertained and we keep each other going.
0: Well, we have we have acquaintances. We have what I call friends of commonality. That as long as we're sharing some type of a common interest, common workplace, whatever we're doing, uh, we're friends. But. Uh, when that commonality ends through no animosity or ill will, we go our separate ways. And then there's, and then there's bonded uh, life companions, and I hope you have some of those. So uh, in the 12-step world, we have a very nice saying that when somebody behaves like that or off behavior, obnoxious behavior, we will say, there but for the grace of God go I, which is really kind of a really nice term for saying it sucks to be you. Did you ever feel that way, Ronnie?
2: Yes. yeah, I definitely have.
0: Yes. Yes. So let's let's imagine that this is 30 years in the future. Maybe you have grandchildren, maybe you won't, or maybe somebody will come up to you uh, in fourth or fifth, sixth grade, and they need to interview someone that lived through the pandemic. Uh, Ronnie, what would you have to say to them? How would you have to what would you how would you describe it how would you describe how things went for you
2: um actually i have a niece that is in 4th grade right now and she is actually doing pretty good about the pandemic she doesn't remember the pandemic before so basically she's used to this she's used to wearing masks and everything and you always have to explain to her like it's not going to be like this forever don't get used to this, you know, in a couple years from now, everything's going to go back to semi-normal. And like, I'll tell these young kids, I'm like, Hey, like, it was just a blip in the system. It's like, that's all, So it was. You know, you're going to live through this for two, three years. And then it's going to be like, it never happened.
0: Okay. How about you, Amanda? If someone came and wanted to interview you 25 years from now and say, Hey, could you tell me what it was like uh, during that time? What would you say
1: it was my moment of self-discovery like uh that it was a really a crash and a fall like a fall and a crash and then um I learned who I was and who I wanted to be ah
0: so you had some healthy introspection yes absolutely okay Did you come to some type of a life-defining moment? Uh, Did you decide, have you made any changes in your life? Have you changed your perspective on things, Amanda?
1: Absolutely. I don't dwell about the future anymore, or I don't dwell about the past. I also don't get high anxiety when I have to make a decision Uh anymore. Um, it used to be like a decision would come down, like, oh, a job opportunity or like, um, you know, uh, like anything, like you have to do this this week. Um, and I would have such high anxiety and I would go, like, it would be torture on me. But I think since I've taken a step back in this whole thing, I've been more like, yeah, I'm, you know, excuse my French. ah, fuck it. I'm gonna figure it out on the other side. <laughs> like kind of thing. Like I, I can't be afraid anymore. it It basically taught me that, yes, life is too short, and you can't sit there and hide anymore. So every opportunity, every moment to do something, I do it now. Well, like I don't hesitate.
0: well, that's one of the precepts, perceptions we try to put across on this show that the most precious thing that people have in their lives are their time, the most precious asset they have, and they have a finite amount of it, and you get to choose how to spend, how to use it. So some of these tattoos, this one says, I choose on it, Uh, and the I I choose words are the two most powerful words you have in your life. So how do you believe that, uh, your ability to be adaptable and flexible, Ronnie, allowed you to come out of this thing and perhaps have another perspective
2: of your life. Um, it was definitely, like I say, game changing, but it definitely changed my life to where I've learned how to deal with how to deal with my anxiety. Uh, I take Lexapro to help me get through my anxiety issues. Sure. But now I still take it, but now I don't, like when i said, I don't get stressed out about anything anymore. Uh, you know, you get one life, live it to the fullest, and just don't stress out about anything because what's the point of stressing out about anything? Like, there's, there's just no point to it. You just got to enjoy yourself, even if it's the little things. You set minor goals and you get there and you enjoy yourself in the process and you just do what you have to do to get by.
0: I had an old friend of mine in the 12-step world, he passed away a few years ago, as best man I ever met in my life, often told me, he said, Jim, if it doesn't affect your breathing, it's not that important. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that you two have uh, nicely adapted that philosophy. And quite often what we'll talk to is have people add positives to their life. Most people bring home the negatives. And sometimes what I'll say is uh, I'll ask you both this question. Have you ever turned the key in your car and it has not started, Amanda?
1: Oh, uh, more times than I can count. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> um, Helpless.
0: Yeah. How
1: about, and uh, how, do, how can I use my resources? Those were the second thoughts is I'm helpless, <laughs> but I have A, B, and C in front of me. What can I do about it? How about you, Ronnie? I've
2: <laughs> oh, been there. I've <laughs> been there, done that. And, uh, luckily I had somebody with
0: me when what happened. Yes. Okay. So how many times have you both turned the key in the car and the car started and you never thought a thing about it every we, day? You never say, wow, that's a plus. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> so if we actually, all this mindfulness is not about sitting on a satin pillow over in Thailand in, uh, crimson and saffron robes going um all day surrounded by 10,000 candles. It's paying attention on purpose. So what I'm hearing you both saying that you experienced all these negative things, which led you to believe to open your eyes up and actually see the positives be adaptable and flexible.
2: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Would either of you have come to this type of realization should you have not gone through uh, the, I, I'm going to call it, times of trouble.
2: Um, I'm a slow learner sometimes, so probably not. But now it just completely opened my eyes, and I'm a completely different person than I was two years ago.
0: How about you, Amanda?
1: I agree. I think uh, the, the moment of the... Hallway was just absolutely eye-opening to start to count my positives and my gratitude.
0: Great, great. So, do you two hold any animosity or ill will toward the entitled people? I guess the media has dubbed them Karens that uh, deal with life the way that they do. Have have you ever have you two been able to shed that?
1: I mostly started to feel bad for them. Like I feel bad that they're either uneducated or that they're so close minded that they only see their way. Um, I, uh, and uneducated that not just book smart, but street smart. I mean, like, I think you learn acceptance through the streets and like how you're brought up and, where you went to college and things like that. And I, I feel bad for those people that they're going to never experience the amazingness of other people because no. they're just going to ruin so much of their lives that they're not going to, they're really going to be alone. Really they are. Um, and, and then I'm educated. Like I, I watch it all the time and I'm like, do people not remember history class? Do they not remember, like, did they not remember civics class or any of these things that were taught to us that it just seems like social media, the internet has brainwashed them away from what a textbook taught.
0: That's a, uh, that's a good term. How about you, Ronnie?
2: Uh, I a hundred percent agree with Amanda. Um, it's it's a shame that this is how people act now. Uh, I do feel bad for them but at the same time. Uh, if they want to be ignorant, you, you go ahead and just do what makes you happy. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, just stay out of my lane.
0: Yes, no one has the right to inconvenience others. So, in Appendix Two in uh, the Twelve Step Book, there's a quote by a guy by the name of Herbert Spencer, and to paraphrase it. It says there's a principle which will hold a person in everlasting ignorance, and that principle is contempt prior to investigation. The Dalai Lama often said, "Question everything," and uh, I believe that that's the truth. However, uh, Ronnie, uh, I've heard a, I heard a, I saw a T-shirt, and it said, "Science is like magic, only it's real." What would you have to say to that? <laughs>
2: agree
0: with that. 100%. Yes. Okay. So what did you, although we're not all the way out of this yet, and I don't believe that this whole thing, uh, has yet to be really filtered out and shaken out, but, uh, there's a, there's a German term called zeitgeist, which is a mood and temper of the time. So I'll uh, we'll start with you, Ronnie. What do you think the zeitgeist, the mood and temperament of the last two years would be described as 100 years from now? A shit show. Well,
2: Straight up shit show. Uh, People are going to look back at this and be like, man, what the hell happened? And why was everybody so inconsiderate and miserable? And why couldn't we all come together as a nation, as one, and be like, hey, we're all here for each other. But unfortunately, that's not how this country works with some people. And everybody's divided and everybody wants, some people want to be dicks and other people want to be helpful.
0: I don't know when we all stop playing for the same team. Not sure. Uh, how would you describe the zeit? What do you think 100 years from now, the zeitgeist of the country is going to be described as during this time, Amanda?
1: Well, what the hell was that? Like, I think it's going, and I, I think we're already viewed that way, um, by other countries. Um, it just being like, what happened? Cause it, it is going to be a blip on our radar, like in the grand scheme of our lives, like it'll be a, a blip of two, three years where we're like, wh- and I think honestly, like when I'm in my sixties and seventies, I'll probably look back and that's only 30 years from now. And I'm going to be like, what the hell was that? Like, what happened in those few years that everything just went off the rails?
0: Well, I hope that both of you remain adaptable and flexible. I, my mother was a child of the Depression and grew up, and I remember helping her move one time uh, where she'd lived for a long time, and I went into her pantry, and it was stocked full of food and canned goods. Some of the cans had been in there for so long, guys, that they had actually rusted and were oozing out onto the shelf. And she explained and she explained that was during the Depression, we were often hungry, and I didn't want to ever be hungry again. I don't know how that's going to shape people's viewpoints of the world. Now, what's your thoughts on that, Ronnie? Do you think this is going to reshape people's view of the world and each other?
2: Uh, I sure hope so. I hope when this is all said and done, that everybody understands that we all have to come together.
0: Yes. Yes. And we believe that we are our brother's keeper. Absolutely. How about you, Amanda?
1: Absolutely. Yes, I I agree. I would hope that they it, everybody changes their thoughts <laughs> after this.
0: So if there's a message, uh, Ronnie, that you'd like to leave with uh, the Fishing Without Bait audience, perhaps for people that could commiserate with both of your stories, what would that message be?
2: Uh, Don't be a dick.
0: (laughs) I think that ought to be the title to this podcast.
1: (laughs) How about you, Amanda? Amanda. Be nice to everyone, and if you're struggling, breathe. Mm -hmm. It'll be okay.
0: I like that. There's There's a quotation, and I'm just full of quotations. It says, if you have a choice between being right and being kind, choose kind, and you'll be right every time.
2: Absolutely.
0: So you both have been absolutely delightful, and I think I'd like to maybe revisit this subject in another six or seven months uh, to find out uh, how you both are getting along and how you both are dealing with uh, life situations, hopefully uh, post-pandemic. We do have some uh, parting gifts, which uh, Mike's going to give to you. And uh, folks, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait.